Welcome to Wednesday. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today is Wednesday, what, April 28th, and I'm glad that you're here with me, and we're talking about principles of wisdom, and I love these principles of wisdom. I think I have another week or week and a half of them after this week, um, and oh, by the way, uh, I do not have a testimony for this Friday, and so if you would like to um, give your testimony this Friday, please let me know. I know I've asked many times and some have taken me up on the offer, um, but I would love to hear your testimony. We would love to hear your testimony, and so um, please let me know. Again, I don't have one yet for Friday, so if we don't have one, we don't have one, but um, uh, I know it takes a little bit of time and effort to do that, but wouldn't that be great to hear from each person uh, their testimony in Christ? Listen, um, <clears throat> I'm talking about the principles of wisdom that especially relate to Jesus this week. And I said yesterday that Jesus is and expresses infinite wisdom. And so yesterday was Jesus is wisdom, and today Jesus shares wisdom with us in our communion relationship with Him. And I have a question as I start off, and that question is, what, of, what is one of your favorite passages in the Bible that talks about intimacy with Jesus, walking with Jesus? What's a favorite communion with Jesus Bible passage, because there's lots of them, uh, and I've picked a few this morning to talk about, starting with John 15, 15. Maybe that's your favorite. You could mark that one down if that's one of your favorites. John 15, 15 says, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I love this verse, and maybe you do too, because it talks about our intimacy with Jesus. And if we're, of, if we're one of Jesus' friends, then He shares with us, He confides in us what the Father has shown to Him. But you know what? There is a context in this verse. If, even if you just look back one verse where it says in verse 14, You are my friends if you do what I command. So there's a condition here that oftentimes I think people uh, don't like to notice, and the condition is that we do what Jesus commands, and that deepens our intimacy, our friendship with Him. So this whole passage, actually, in John 15 is a discipleship passage. It's not a justification-salvation passage. Uh, we know that when we give our lives to God in faith in Jesus Christ, we are justified by faith and we become children of God. But now Jesus is saying, if you want to grow deeper with me and become my friend, then do what I command. Uh, you know, so people love verse 15, right? They love to read that they're Jesus's friend, but they so often then overlook verse 14, which talks about how to become Jesus's friend. And it's a discipleship uh, condition. If you obey what I command, then you will be my friend. Oh, we love verse 15, but we sometimes skip over verse 14, don't we? Uh, I want to be Jesus' friend more and more, and so, so my job is to listen to Him, learn from Him, and obey Him, and obey His Word. Um, then we gain, it says, that this uh, confidence, uh, that Jesus takes us into His confidence. He confides in us. It's an increase in intimacy, an increase in communion, an increase of His revealing Himself to us. And that would include 
his wisdom and his direction and his answers and uh, answers to prayer in life, etc. Right? Uh, when we obey Christ, when we seek God, then our access to wisdom increases. That's my point this morning. Because Jesus is living within us. He's walking with us every day. And by that, we are increasing in wisdom. Now, turn back one page to, uh, to John 15, 5. This is all in the same context of this discipleship passage. And this is also a familiar verse. <clears throat> Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need Jesus. We need that communion, abiding relationship with Jesus in order to gain his wisdom. He is wisdom, but we need to gain that wisdom through abiding with Christ. Yesterday I said, Jesus is wisdom. Today I'm saying, Jesus gives us his wisdom, shares with us his wisdom, if we'll follow him. And that rings true as well <clears throat> with Paul's words in Colossians 3.16, which I actually mentioned yesterday, where he says to the Colossian church, Let the word of Christ rich, dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. The point is the same here. Let Christ dwell in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Go to Him. Learn His word. Understand who He is and what He wants and what His will is. Uh, and then teach each other those things in wisdom. Because you're gaining wisdom, the point, implication, you're gaining wisdom by uh, seeking that communion relationship with Christ. Now turn around and share it with those around you. Well, here's another intimacy with Christ verse that I love. Revelation 3.20. <laughs> Don't you know that one? Revelation 3.20. Here I am, Jesus says. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. That is clearly one of the most popular communion uh, uh, with Jesus verses in the Bible. Maybe that's your favorite. Which communion uh, with Jesus verse is your favorite in the Bible? This might be it. Revelation 3.20. It's talking about that relationship with Jesus. If we open the door of our hearts and let Jesus in, uh, then we have that deeper, that more intimate relationship with Him. But again, notice in the context that sometimes we tend not to look at <clears throat> the other verses that are right around it. And in this case, look at verse 19, which is right before verse 20. And verse 19 says this, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. See, that's a condition. Be earnest and repent. And then it says, <laughs> Here I am, I stand at the door knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. That goes together with verse 19, which says, Be earnest and repent. So part of opening that door to Jesus in our hearts in that communion, discipleship relationship, part of it is, is just that, um, that uh, honesty and repentance before Jesus, right? That simple confession before Him. Because as we know, the confession of our sin opens the doorway for God to come in and bless us that much more. And that we might have a more deep, uh, meaningful relationship with Him when we're open and honest with Him about what we're struggling with. Ah, it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so simple. It's nothing to be scared of. Uh, it's just like being friends with Jesus requires us obeying Jesus. Here it's 
uh, having that communion relationship, that dining with Jesus relationship, requires that openness, honesty, and repentance before Him. You know, um, when I think about walking with Jesus, uh, sometimes I remember uh, years ago, um, kind of a fad thing for a while, people would say, what would Jesus do? And the idea behind what would Jesus do, WWJD, what would Jesus do? The idea behind that was consider, consider the example of Christ as you walk, um, as you walk in life, as, as you make decisions, uh, as you wonder what to do next. What would Jesus do? Uh, people would wear that as a bracelet around their arm or they would wear it as a t-shirt or, or a bumper sticker on their car. So it was definitely kind of a fad thing for a while. Uh, but you know, I really like the question. I mean, I really think it's a great question to ask. And I, I, I'm kind of bummed that it's a fad that's kind of gone away um, because I really, I really think it was an intuitive question. Um, sometimes I ask that same question even now. What would Jesus do? Sometimes as, a pastor, as the pastor of, of our church, I say, what would Jesus do in my situation? What would he do if he were in my shoes? What would he do in such and such a situation in, in our church? If, if he were the pastor, what would he preach on this Sunday? What would he, uh, who would he, he call? Or if a given situation comes up where there's some uh, disagreement, what would Jesus, which side would Jesus be on? Or maybe he wouldn't be on a side. Maybe he would just help us talk further. What would Jesus do? I really think that's a great question, and um, perhaps that fits in here with what I'm talking about, gaining the wisdom from Christ, asking the question. When I ask that question, I think about Jesus' life. I think about um, the, the answers that he would come up with. I think about the stories in the Bible and how he approached people. Um, I think the question calms me down sometimes, honestly. Um, when I think, sometimes I feel like I'm taken advantage of, for instance. Or sometimes I feel like I give more than other people give. Maybe you've felt like this before, that you give more than other people give back to you. And, and then I say, well, how would Jesus handle that? And I think about Philippians chapter 2. Jesus is a servant. Or I think about Jesus on the, dying on the cross. Or I think about Jesus being mocked before his passion. And that calms me because I know I haven't even begun to do anything close to what Jesus did in his servanthood and his giving of himself, even when people didn't give back to him. And so that question really calms me down a lot. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus feel about what I'm going through right now? Well, Jesus would be just fine with it. He would give of himself again and again and again. And so that's part of my walking with the Lord, I think, is to imagine what Jesus would do in my shoes, in my situation. I was thinking about the song, Trust and Obey, when I was thinking about Bible verses that were speaking of walking with Jesus or gaining Jesus' wisdom or having intimacy with Jesus. I thought of the old hymn, uh, Trust and Obey. A couple of the verses go like this. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on the way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still. 
and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at His feet, or we'll walk by His side in the way. What He says he will do, we will do, where He says, where He sends, we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Jesus will walk with us if we'll invite Him. And we'll be more aware as we invite Him to walk with us and give us His light. And I'll just finish with John 8, 12, which is another, you could say, intimacy with Jesus verse. When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Maybe that's your favorite intimacy verse with Jesus, that He gives you the light of life every day when you walk with Him, when you follow Him. You mark down in the comments, would you today, what's one of your favorite intimacy with Jesus verses? He's the one who gives us His wisdom, and we need it every day. God, we thank you for the grace of this truth. We thank you for your word. And most importantly, we thank you for Jesus who does walk with us if we want him. Well, he walks with us even if we don't want him. But Lord, help us to be aware by seeking and opening the door that you might come in, Jesus, and dine with us. We pray this grace for today, this wonderful day that you've given to us, this Wednesday today, Lord. Be with us. Jesus, walk with us, we pray. And we'll keep praising your name. Amen. I love you all. Have a great rest of your day. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow at 730.